right, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Babe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by the rest of the K-Babe crew, the rest of my holy trinity, Mr. Wex, breaking the loss, and the king of the K-Babe kick flip. How are we doing today, bud? Ah, doing pretty good, you know? Long, shitty day of work. Glad to be, you know, off, drinking a little bit, talking a little bit of wrestling tonight. No one cares about your sorrows, Wex. Keep that to yourself. Mr. Jesse Baker, the patron saint of the Rock Block. How you living today, bud? Oh, man, I cannot complain at all. Super excited to talk a little bit of uh, double or triple or quadruple or nothing with you guys today. Can't wait. Yeah. Let's, uh, before we get into eight hours of nothing or double of not, or double or nothing, we will um, we will go to our favorite segment of the show. But before we do that, we got to talk about the feedback from last week's episode, okay? Um we got a, a pretty strong, a pretty strong response. Um, I feel like people are kind of digging what we're doing, and I, I mean, I'm into it. It was, it was a stroll down memory lane for for me, even though I wasn't actually on the meat and potatoes of the show. Um, but I, I love. I actually went back and watched Cold Day in Hell, and it was a pretty solid pay per view. It's a nice little forgotten gem of, of 1997. Yeah. That was the first um, time, you know, I'd watched it. And Jesse, I think you said it might have been the first time you'd fully watched the show too. So the entire thing, a, all the way, hit gym yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was good. People tend to like it. Um, obviously, we had a little bit of a dip, and I did get the response. Listen, guys, we're always talking about the current product, like literally always. So even when it's a double nostalgia episode, we have to put in there to like fill the space. Um, we're always talking about what's going on. Like you're, you, you got to at least catch the news. You got to at least catch everything else. I know some some folks are just older and they don't care about 1997. Shame on you, first of all, um, because 1997 is the greatest year in the history of professional wrestling. Um, but yeah. We are always tackling the current product. And, exactly. Uh, we're gonna TikTok is where we get a lot of heavy feedback on that current yes. product stuff because that's mostly where that's displayed besides the podcast. And we got a really good response this week just to, you know, talking about what's been going on in the fucking biz. And people seem to like that uh, current, you know, current event, current controversy type shit. Yeah. I mean, people are super into it. The current events are always the uh, the main topic of conversation. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Get to our favorite section. It's... Wexley spills the tea. Tell me up, baby, what we got? All right, it's going to be some just good old uh, southern sweet tea tonight. Uh, but we'll start off with some WWE news like we always do. And, man, a horrible Raw this week. It uh, had the second lowest viewership of all time. And it was just a long three hours with, like, a whole lot of nothing they tried to stretch out. And I didn't... Definitely didn't sit through that bullshit, but all the highlights and everybody else who actually sat through it, you, you know, they, they said it fucking sucked, and I can just go ahead and take their word for it because goddamn. Yeah, I mean, I only saw highlights, and the highlights didn't look that bad. I mean, the obviously, I, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm continuing to follow the Cody and Rollins vibe. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they're like giving them a long run, and it's not just like a couple matches. I, that, that's nice. But really, I don't care about anything else. So, um, yeah, I just watched a couple like YouTube highlights of that. That looked good. Everything else was probably trash because that's raw. Pretty much, I watched a couple highlights myself. Uh, the Edge stuff is interesting to me i won't say that i think it's good yet it's interesting i'm potential to see where it goes and what i've heard is not really the content like the storylines weren't that bad like the wrestling wasn't bad it's just they tried to stretch out a short show into three hours which is already mm -hmm. fucking hard to sit through three hours anyway and it was like heavy on the promos heavy on the segment like just hyping up other shit and like, dude, we see that every week. Like if you go to a raw live during the commercials, that's all you see is just the same bullshit over and over. And it's like, 
dude, I can understand. Like if you were in the arena, dude, it would have been really hard to sit through three hours. Oh, Last yeah. time Raw came to Nashville, I left after like the hour 1.5 mark or some shit. Yeah, you just worn out, tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, saw man. Jeff Hardy saw Goldberg, that. and that was good enough for me. Yeah, they got to do something about that, man. It's rough. Man, so uh, other kind of WWE rumor going on here is that possible return of Bray Wyatt this uh, Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Uh, I, he's been posting some cryptic tweets, and uh, I think that's the best fit, man. I really do think it's the best fit. I think that that's, I mean, it's the only place that he can be the fiend. And I think that that's just a vibe that he's going to, he really wants to continue to do. Hopefully, you know, ha- having him do his like little cinematic thing, uh, the movie thing, and then, you know, kind of just getting out and living in the wilderness or wherever, you know, doing his mountain man thing or his farm farming man thing or whatever. Uh, hopefully it recharges batteries. But I mean, the more I think about it, it's like, I, I mean, there, there's not space for him in AEW and I don't think impact could really pull off what he wants to do at that level. I think nah, WWE not at all. Best. They don't have that production value. Yeah. I, I think WWE is the best option for him. I hope, I hope that he comes back. I think that that would be great. I think that there's a, I mean, I, again, I think WWE is getting better. So yeah, having Wyatt back would be incredible. I'm That'd hoping be a pretty sick boost. I'm hoping that some of the stuff with bringing Cody in and like letting him keep some of his own creative, cut his own promos, keep his music, that kind of thing might lead to Wyatt having a little bit more creative freedom with that character. Yeah. And hopefully we don't get like burned fiend, red light bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could do I mean, you could always do that kind of like returning uh, like a new vamped legacy with like kind of Cody leading the helm. I mean, I feel like Wyndham is a legacy wrestler and it would work out well, especially if he just came back as like the uh, kind of Hawaiian shirt, Bray. Um right. I feel like that would still work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he does come back, it's going to be the fiend, even though I'm still Hawaiian shirt Bray all the way. That's still my favorite version. But, um, but yeah, man, what else we got? Uh, some, uh, funny shit that I'm sure, uh, not funny as in good, but just funny shit. We saw over the past week on internet from Nikita Lyons, WWE NXT star for, you know, good idea. She decided to post a little tribute video for Memorial day. said something about the troops, and that would have been okay. You know, you could put a patriotic song, proud to be an American, go classic. But she posted classic. some song that was like a patriot rap song that talked about storming the Capitol on the lines. And it was just like, what? Like, what are you doing here? Uh, yeah, that was literally the lyrics of the song. Like, it said something about storming the Capitol. And we were, people were just like, what? Like, are you serious? And she. Just judging by, like, wait, I, I mean, just judging by her, I feel like that was probably a mistake in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then I she's mean, trying to then, cover her and mistake. And then the thing is, like, you know, people were like, what the fuck? A p- storming the Capitol, are you serious? What is this all about? Like, what? Self-burial? And, the, you know, maybe it was just like, like you said, a mistake. But then she doubled down. The artist who does the song, like, posted, like, commented on it. And she was like, yeah, I support you. One love, 100%. And I was like, well, all right, then. She's doubling down on this shit. Just, like, ultimate self-burial. Uh Obviously, you know, it doesn't really matter in WWE, like as long as like the rest of the roster is OK with it, as long as she doesn't get Jackson Rikard, you know, whatever. But I mean, I feel like that's just a detriment to her fan base. And like she's real young, too. She's like 22 or something like that. Like, yeah, wrestle. I mean, most most wrestling fans ain't down for that shit. You know, there's the weird fucking Internet fucks who are openly racist, seemingly to be here on the Internet lately, but uh, or just whatever. But damn, that's kind of just ridiculous. But self burial, 100 percent, which is funny. I made a little tweet about it, a self burial and actually got a lot of likes, which I mean, it's just funny because 
why, why would you do that to yourself? It just doesn't make any sense. She's going to be fine, man. She's going to be fine. It doesn't really matter. Pe- people I mean, care more about her ass than her politics. I saw someone was like, she's percent. MAGA I mean, and I'm going to Honestly, dude, it's, it's pro wrestling. So to me, it's like I don't really care what your politics are as long as you don't suck in the ring and your promos are decent. You know what I mean? Like I really don't care. Like you can have your own opinion. Like I feel like the, the opinion of a pro wrestler, like either way, is not like going to make or break my like political opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not fucking with her personally, but, you know, I saw someone was like, if she's MAGA, then I'm eating her ass with a MAGA hat on. I'm like, dude, you guys are lost in the fucking sauce, baby. Straight up lost, lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce, uh, for sure. What else we got on the docket else, there? Who is also lost in the sauce as of lately is our boy Matt Cardona out with a bicep injury. Torn bicep, has to get surgery, and Bummer. I'm wondering if this NWA pay-per-view is going to be in jeopardy. Uh, it's going to be the always ready he actually made a statement recently like, you know, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm going to be there. But there's no way if he has a torn bicep getting surgery, he's going to be able to defend the title. I mean, he will probably be there in some capacity. Maybe he'll sub in Kurt Hawkins, uh, Brian Myers, yeah, I mean, do it for him. Some or, kind of tag team dealy wheelie and maybe like a, a six man or something with Chelsea Green. And he'll go in there and throw a punch or two or something like that. I mean, by that time, I feel like as long as he's not like taking any bumps on it, he'll probably be OK. And. He'll, he'll fit. I mean, dude, he's this really smart guy. He's going to figure out a way to make it work for sure. Something will happen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, speaking of other pay-per-views kind of on the indie scene, been rumored that ROH Death Before Dishonor is going to be happening soon here around July 23rd in Lyle, Massachusetts. And it's kind of like a, you know, not anything official, but lots of apparently backstage AEW people have been talking about it happening. And New Japan even changed their date to a show they had the same weekend to a different date. And that kind of makes sense because, you know, the New Japan, ROH, AEW kind of working with each other. They don't want to step each other. They don't want to step on each other's toes or anything. So I'm, I'm ready for Ring of Honor to come back in a full capacity. And the uh, I think the acquisition is complete as of now. So. Maybe we'll get some announcements soon. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I still think it's going to just be a YouTube thing. I think either Elevation or just regular Dark is going to become the Ring of Honor show. I think that setup they have in Orlando is going to become Ring of Honor. Um, and that's fine. I think that's that's a good thing. I think that they need another brand because they have way too much talent. I mean, it's it's painfully apparent at this point that they have they signed way too many people. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I want to see Ring of Honor work. Uh, but I, you're, you're right. I think, I think, I think that most fans are probably like me where it's like, I mean, we're seeing these belts on AEW and that's great, but it's like either shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? It's like, we can't, you can't just keep running ring of honor inside AEW and calling it ring of honor. It just doesn't, it it, it feels weird. I mean, even if you make it the developmental or whatever, you just got to make it separate. And I hope that they do that sooner than later, because literally every week that goes by that ring of honors championships are on AEW TV. To me, it devalues them as their own brand title. Like it, it, it takes, it makes it mean less. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully it works out. I really do hope that Ring of Honor gets like a regular TV show and like that would be awesome too. Um, I, I would prefer them too to literally just not ever have those stars cross brand at all unless it's at like one pay-per-view a year and like call it Forbidden Door or whatever. Um, I, I really hope they keep it separate, but we'll see. What's odd to me right now is that out of the Ring of Honor titles that we see on TV, you know, Gresham got injured, so the world is kind of out of it at the moment. Right. But like Samoa Joe and FTR – if you're looking at people who are holding Ring of Honor titles right now, 
that's kind of a strong bid for AEW in terms of the talent that they sign and the amount of money that they're paying for them. Yes. To have those guys be in those seats is a strange look, which makes me wonder what they're going to do with it. Well, if they make it brand exclusive, I mean, you can build a brand and at least a one hour weekly show off FTR and Samoa Joe alone. Dude, I mean, you can do that easy. So, yeah, See, I agree. I don't and think they're going right? to go to I mean, straight YouTube show. Yeah. Yeah. You disappear, yeah. Like, I know you said you think you're going to do a YouTube show, but if they're going to, like, be selling pay-per-views, I feel like Tony Khan's got something else up his sleeve. Even if it's, like, like how it used to be Sunday night on fucking channel WB58, like. Well, they also have True TV under the Turner brand. They do have True TV, and the only thing that comes on True TV is what, Impractical Jokers? Pretty, yeah, much. pretty much. I mean, and like Adam ruins everything and some shitty thing. And that other, show. like the Cabanero effect, which is like yeah. straight bullshit. Like, okay, first I'll say this here. Anybody who watched this is the Cabanero effect and they're like genuinely surprised. Like, dude, like, dude, fuck off and don't listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, you, you're, you're a lower form of life. But let's continue moving on with uh, the news. Uh, <laughs> some uh, news for AEW. Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy were not on Dynamite this week due to injury, even though they were both advertised for the big six-man match. And apparently Hardy going into the match that we're going to cover here that he had with uh, his brother against the Young Bucks, he was already in really bad shape going into the match. Like, physically, like, that Darby match really fucked him up. And yeah. he had – he it took him a minute – like, as we'll get into it, like, you could tell it took him a minute to get going. And, like, dude, he needs to – he needs to just take a break. Yeah, I love the dude. He needs to just take a break to heal himself up a little bit, do a few less swanton bombs, get that back at least feeling all right. So for that final push of this last run, he won't be just completely fucked up. Not to mention, he, he's the type of dude who can make appearances without being physical, and it'll totally work. Like, dude, he people, can definitely, like, save his bump card some. You know what I mean? Dude, people love Jeff. Like, like dude, it's because people love Jeff Hardy. He just, he's yeah. one of those wrestlers that connects with the fans, like, on a different level. Just seeing Jeff Hardy, people are just like, dude, fuck. Can you think of any wrestling fan who just doesn't like Jeff Hardy? No. Some dude, old exactly. school people. And if you that, don't like Jeff Hardy, it's probably a fuck off, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, I hope that he's okay. I, I just, I mean, honestly, like it's, it, it, it's shitty to say this, but it's like when, when you've had those kind of issues for so long, no matter what happens, even if it, I'm sure it probably is just normal injury or whatever, but it's hard to not be like, could it be something else? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just because it's like, there's certain responses that aren't like that didn't seem like physical ailments. And I guess we'll get to that like later when we talk about the show. Um, but yeah, I hope he's well, I mean, maybe he just needs some time off and to recharge his batteries and like rest some, some, some things. I really hope that's what it is. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, everybody loves Jeff Hardy. Nobody wants to see him in a bad situation, period, whether it's, uh, with a mental situation or a physical situation. So, um, yeah, man, we and very well could be a combination of both could be know? a combination sure. of both. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, we all wish Jeff Hardy well. Hopefully it works out when we see him on TV again soon. We love you, Jeff. Uh, and speaking of a bad situation that uh, ended up turning up into a good situation is fucking MJF. So over the weekend, we had all the speculation. Is he going to show up and all this bullshit? And either it was a shoot that ended up getting turned into a work or it was a work the whole time. But either way, he cut the goddamn the R version of the pipe bomb on fucking Monday night or Monday night. Did he I know? Just, I'm, I'm just used to saying mon- on fucking Wednesday night and goddamn, and the way they did it, cutting to commercial, just like not mentioning like, dude, so good. And he, he fucking killed it. It's MJF. And 
I know you were the whole weekend. We're like, it's a fucking worky marks and don't work yourself into a shoot. Much love HH. Hey, uh, I want to make sure that this gets on any kind of video format that we have, whether it's TikTok or YouTube. I told you so. I told you so. Like you, you were, first of all, how is Dave Meltzer still have a job in the Twitter age? Like how, how, like yeah, how me, many he, times does he have been to saying be so shit recently? So like ridiculously wrong and like blatantly obvious that he's just like coming up with what he thinks might happen. And it's kind of logical. So when he's right, like 30 or 40% of the time, people are like, Oh yeah, you know, that makes sense. This guy knows whatever. He doesn't know shit. He's an idiot. Like this. Th- okay. If you still think, if you still truly believe that the MJF Tony Khan or AEW situation is a shoot, you are an idiot. Period. <laughs> like there is no way around that. I want to. I want to make. I don't want to mince my words. If you believe that MJF and AEW are at odds and all of this is a shoot, you are an idiot. End of discussion. Like there's. N- it's genius, by the way. It's really, really it's good. Like tremendously it's probably well. the best work shoot in our lifetime. Um, you know, depending on where you stand on the Montreal screw job, it could be the greatest work shoot of all time. It could be. And I do think the promo's phenomenal. I don't think that any of those uh, executives were ever supposed to be at the forum. I think that Tony set that up to the fans to make it seem like these networks would care. By the way, all the stuff was beeped. So the networks that they're on, they didn't cross any lines. They didn't cross any lines. Um, I mean, it's a live show. So like, I don't think that the network would really care about that, especially considering it's, I mean, Warner's their bread and butter is HBO. So I I just, I, I, this, this whole, all these, and today it's like all these headlines about how like, oh, well, you know, MJF really pissed off these network bullshit. They took him off the roster page immediately too, which I'm like, the A sign number one that it's a work. It's a work. It's a like, work. No way around. It's really good. And I don't want – like when I say that, I don't want it to feel like I'm trying to devalue the angle because it's it's really good. It's, it's really, really, dude, really good. It's literally the best fucking angle since I've been watching wrestling like that I can He's remember. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. This might be a way to turn him babyface actually. This might be a way to turn him baby. They started cheering for him. That he got some cheers after he started cutting his shit. So this could be it. This could. We could have been thinking about this wrong the whole time. We could have been thinking, you know, he's gonna be the greatest heel ever. Dude, he might be there, Stone Cold. It's very possible, and he he could pro he could wrestle that Dude, way too. We'll I get could to that, see but. Punk turning heel, MJF turning babyface, and fucking taking the belt. I'm pretty 100%. damn sure that's where they're going, dude. I mean, I like love that. that. Like, I love it. I I agree. I I think we're all in agreement here. Um, that's what they should do for sure. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, that's dude. money all day, every day. Um, and it's super easy. I mean, CM Punk can easily be this generation's million dollar man. If you wanted to be, he really could be that guy and be believable. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm hype. I am hype. What else we got in the news? Is there anything left on the docket? Only other, uh, really big thing. Uh, a W wise here at the end is, uh, we got a uh, Tanahashi versus CM Punk announced for for- forbidden door, which is, it's not everybody want to Okada, but do Tanahashi versus Punk. That's going to be that's it's going to be a banger. I mean, they can't. They're both fucking awesome. They're both Who's legends Okada gonna in the run. Right. He's going to be on the show. Oh, I mean, no, Okada's going to fight uh, uh, Hangman Page. That That's what I've been hearing. I don't man. think so at all. I don't think so. I think it's Okada and like Danielson. D- I think it's well, give me that. Give me Okada, Okada literally versus like eight or nine different people I can name on the AEW roster and I'd be OK with it. I think so. it's going to be Okada and Cole. That's what I think. Okada and Cole, dude, a banger right there. And maybe, 
We'll see another big match because AEW is also announced in September. They're coming back to Arthur Ashe Stadium for the Grand Slam again, which you know there's going to be a big matchup for that. There's got to be some big headlining main event. Oh, I mean, maybe we'll, see. we'll get an MJF Punk. Maybe we'll get a. You never know. I think MJF Punk is a one and done scenario on a pay per view. I mean, maybe maybe a rematch on pay per view down the line. They're not doing that on free TV. Okay. No. Uh-huh. When I will say this too, whether it's MJF or not, whenever CM Punk drops this title, he will be off TV for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he, might, he might retire, might go to coaching, might do something else. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, when I said he's the million dollar man, I, I wasn't. I wasn't I mean I think I think as a person that's kind of who he is. I think I mean I think that more than 50% of the reason why Punk is doing what he's doing now is not for the fans, it's for the paycheck. And uh, that's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. I'm just saying that like uh, I I think I think the money as long as the money is there, I think he's got I think he's probably got 3 or 4 years left, right? So like I, but I think he'll probably take 6 to 8 months off, come back, you know, maybe be a heel for a while, lose the belt Take six months off, come back, massive baby face again, just because you've been off TV for six months. That's it, you know. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Well, I think that is about it for the news. So it looks like it's time to get into the meat and taters of this show it for double indeed. or nothing. It is indeed. This week, um, we called an audible. You know, AEW is just a, a hot button issue. Um, I wasn't able to catch GCW this week, so we decided to have all three guys do a, a three-way dive into um, just AEW's Double or Nothing. So without further ado, let's get into it. And here we are. It is uh, the meat and potatoes of the show, guys. It's AEW Double or Nothing from this past weekend. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about Dynamite, too, just because... You know, AEW is the hot topic right now. I am excited. Uh, before we dive into the show, um, I watched the whole pay-per-view on Bleacher Report. I had issues. It tried to charge me twice for it. I found my way around it. Um, so before we even talk about the show, did anybody? Did everybody watch it live? How did you watch it? What was your experience with Bleacher Report if you did? Jesse. I watched it while I was working, and it was through a traditional different service provider that happened while I was working, so I didn't have any issues. I did not take my notes while I was working. I had to go back and rewatch it, which was actually kind of nice, despite the link, but no, no issues. No issues at all. Wex, did you have issues? I had no issues. I just watched it through Xfinity and fell asleep right before, like right as the mixed tag match was starting. Woke up in the middle of the night at some point, I don't know what time, and the replay was happening, and I caught Punk versus uh, Hangman, and the rest of the matches, you know, I had to catch on the, the little illegal stream. Yeah, so I forced my way through this entire show, including the buy-in. Um, oh, no. I buy-in was good, but, you know, I was drunk and high. I could not make it through it. It was late. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I anyway. So like, first of all, the Bleacher Report, the BR Live app, is probably the worst app for streaming like yeah. of all time. Yep. Um, it's terrible. I don't know why AEW continues to do like Fight TV has kind of got it figured out, and you already got your international deal with them. Like what? Like Fight TV? It's because Bleacher Report is owned by TNT or owned by Warner Media, so that's why they use it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's they, they own it, so that's why they have to use it, I think. It's trash. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Bleach Report Live, I mean, they've got some decent podcasts about, like, actual sports and all that, and that's cool, but their streaming service is shit. Um, so they need to figure that out for sure. 
Um, did, so we all watched the buy-in then. Let's just start with that. Um, the buy-in was essentially just a bunch of packages for uh, – it almost felt like a UFC show. Like it's like literally just video after video of the angles going on, uh, which is pretty much what like the, the – I think the UFC calls their pre-show the buy-in too, which is weird. Um, but it makes sense because most of their stuff's in Vegas or casinos or whatever. Either way, um, yeah, I thought the packages were great and the production was very good. Um, Jesse, you have any thoughts about um, anything on the pre-show other than the match? I enjoyed the fact that they did it that way this time because, you know, normally they do pack in like a handful of matches. And a lot of times I'll miss the buy-in uh, just yeah. due to timing or whatever. And right. I, it was nice to, like, not feel that pressure because I just kind of had it on. I was like, okay, yeah, I know that. Okay, yeah, I know that. But the packages were also really well done. I mean, it made sense. Yeah. Wex, did you, uh, how did you feel about the pre-show prior to that match? Oh, I thought it was great. It definitely got me hyped up and just kind of – you know, reintroduced all the storylines. Maybe, you know, I caught up on something I was missing. I was pre-gaming a little bit, and it was just get, it was getting you in the mood, getting you in the mode, you know? Kind of akin to, like, it was, you know, some of those old WWE hype packages back in the day from the early 2000s pay-per-views. Just kind of got you really into it. The Sahadi packages. Yeah, the yeah. Sahadi, dude, yeah. Dude, Sahadi, yeah. dude, goat when it comes to fucking packages. It, he's there now, right? Isn't, isn't he at AEW? I don't think so. I thought he was with Impact again. Oh, well, if he is with AEW, it makes sense because they it, it kind of gives me that same little vibe. Yeah, the vibe was good. Uh, let's talk about the match real quick, just briefly. It's uh, Hookhausen versus uh, – wait, who did they fight? Was it the Ass Boys? No, Smart was, Mark right. Sterling and – Oh, that's right. Smart East, Mark and Tony Ultimate Neese, athlete. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really take n- much notes on it, but I thought it was a fun little match. Um, I, I liked that uh, it, it didn't feel too long. Hook is so green, but it doesn't matter because he's pretty good. Um, and he's just kind of got the vibe. Like, he's just – he's he's got the it factor for days. Like, that yeah, dude is going to – like, he's like, just – He's like a young rock, honestly. Yeah, dude. He's a st- star star. Like, that dude he is going like to a, be – You select, like, pretty good moves and that, like, a huge move set, and he has that charisma. Yeah, and, that, that, and that's all he needs. anything. Yeah. You got to use him perfectly in this match, really. I mean, it, like, the, his presentation – inside the ropes is realistic with those few moves, but then they kind of like made sure to keep him out of the Gaga stuff for the most part. Like yeah. I thought it was ideal. Yeah. Which, yeah. which Dan Housen like ate up all the Gaga, which is perfect. And like, that's yeah. and Dan Housen can actually like wrestle really good. So it's like a pretty good teaming. Like they both have the charisma. Yeah. Dan Housen can do the work. Uh, Hook can come in and do the big moves. It's like, it's a good team. The crowd was fucking ecstatic yeah. for Hook Housen too. I agree. And I, I like, to, okay. So to me, because we talked about separating the brands, I do feel like Hookhausen is a prime, like ring of honor. Like that would be great. Like, let's yeah. just put them in ring of honor. Dude, they could run them, give them a world title run and then bring them back up to dynamite. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I would love it. Absolutely. I would love to see it for sure. Uh, let's, let's keep it rolling here though. We, we jump into the main, uh, the main show. Um, and it's like, you know, right into the fire. It's MJF versus Wardlow. Um, you know, MJF's the hottest thing in the business period right now. Like, I don't think you know, on any brand. Um, uh, and he just live. It, it, I think to me, it's the fact that he just there's not really a gimmick. Like, he just he is who he is. And so, like, I think that's why this whole work shoot thing works because part of it's probably true. Um, but it's he's still a, he's probably the best professional wrestler alive right now. And I know that might piss a lot of people off for me to say that, but like, the dude is. I mean. When he said, like, the reason why he's so good is because he makes you feel, he's he was a thousand percent right. I mean, he, like, there are guys that do more to get to that level and they're good, but he doesn't have to, and he's right. I mean, it, 
it, it was a very, very good, I mean, it's essentially a squash match, but you could, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it's like, you could kind of watch MJF be the ring general as he's getting squashed. Like he's kind of calling that whole match and oh, for sure. And it's just so impressive that he's so young that all this is going on, that he's working the internet during this. And he also manages to put Wardlow over in a perfect way. Um, this is one of the best things on the entire show. In my opinion, um, I can't give it a much more than three beers because it's, um, you know, a squash match essentially, but exactly. I did end up giving it a three and a half. I gave it three and a half because to me, it's like, this is the best way that this, this, uh, angle could have ended. Um, you know, MJF did what he was supposed to do and just took a shitload of power bombs and got beat up by Wardlow. And that was it. Um, and that's the way it should have been. Um, so three and a half beers for me, Jesse, where you at on it? I went three flat. I, this is going to sound confusing. I know a lot of people loved the 10 powerbomb squish squash thing. I fucking hate when they take a move like that and just do it to death. I feel like it would have been more powerful had he done like, I don't know, three and it ended with a stretcher as opposed to it taking 10 to take him out. It was just one of those things where I'm like, dude should be fucking dead after 10 powerbombs. I'm sorry yeah. if you really want to put the move over. Yeah. But I will say Powerbomb hasn't gotten a pop like that in fucking years. So True. Yeah. they did what they needed to do. I love the powdering. I The one thing that took away from it in a huge way to me, and I normally don't dislike him, but Bryce Remsburg was way too hokey for me in this match. Like for all of the character that was going into the situation with MJF and Wardlow, Bryce like interjecting himself, the spot with the ring, just the way he did it. There was something about it that took me out of it during those little pieces and parts. But that's not the fault of the talent. Um, yeah, I do think that they did a really good job. I just, for me, it was straight three beers. Can't really go more curious to see what they do with all of this after the rest of it. Wex, how'd you feel about this opening match, man? I am also right there with Jesse three beers and, uh, for different reasons, just because more like you, you can't really rate a squash match that high. It's true. No matter like, no matter like what it is, except for, I mean, even, even John Cena getting German suplex 90 times, like yeah. just, you can't. It's, it's not that technical, you know, you just can't rate it that high. And honestly, I did not notice Bryce Rimsberg at all. I don't, when people talk about the refs doing, I don't know. I just don't focus that much on the ref, but I mean, maybe I should focus more on it and uh, see what y'all are talking about. But, uh, I mean, if you don't, good for Wardlow, good for, good for Wardlow though. Like I like he had his contract. Uh, yeah, I went three beers right down the middle. It was the culmination of a long story. So everything just worked great for this match. And then I love Light, nice little touch at the beginning of the match when MJF was doing his intro. He did the little airplane thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, play uh, good, good shit though. MJF, you're a goddamn star. But yeah, three beers right down the middle. Yeah, I mean the only, I mean honestly, I would have been in the same boat. The only reason why I gave it the other half a beer is because I don't think I've ever seen a squash match where the guy getting squashed was the one calling the match. Um, so I thought that I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, let's keep it going. The next match on the card here is, uh, well, we get a, the all elite announcement for Wardlow, which is obviously mm -hmm. a work, but nice. Yeah, and it's great. Okay, that's another thing, too. Like on they uh, obviously like during the match or uh, during the show, they post, you know, a picture of Wardlow on the brick, black and white, great, you know, brick wall says Wardlow is all elite. Mm -hmm. And the comments that are like. From people that I know are not like backwoods, like they, they know it's not real. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they know it's not real, but they were just like the way they were like, oh, it's about time and whatever. And I was like, 
<laughs> but you know, like this is a like this is a work too, right? Like they're just, you know, they're just playing. They're just having fun playing with it. I hope. Hopefully, that's what it is. I don't know. That's that's a little too far for me. But um, next match here is Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Uh, I'll just mm, yeah, I'll just spill it here. The match was really clunky. Um, at one point, I genuinely felt worried for Jeff because, and hopefully, it is just a physical ailment thing. But it just didn't. The way he was moving in the ring didn't seem like it was just something was hurting. It didn't seem he seemed like his whole body was slower as opposed to just like one limb or favoring or limping because I've seen him do that too, and it just. I don't know. It definitely like I genuinely felt worried watching this match. Um, and that's not cool. Um, I don't know. I, ho- I hope I'm wrong about Jeff, but he just didn't look right. Um, hopefully it was just bad timing. Um, and like a weird boot issue. Um, it did definitely pick up in the second half and they turned it around for the finish too. Uh, I was still underwhelmed. I expected more from the match. Uh, the second, again, I wouldn't even say the second half, but like maybe the, the last quarter of the match was very good, but the rest of the match was pretty piss poor, honestly. So I, I went in the middle with it. Like they, they, they saved it at the end, but I went three beers on it. Uh, Wex, how do you feel about it? I mean, kind of like you said, I think it over. I think it overall ended up being a pretty solid match. Like Jeff's boot was coming off early. Like there was a few missteps in the beginning, but dude, like you said, he's taking a lot of punishment. He's in bad shape, and if your back is fucked up, I feel like your whole yeah. body is just not gonna fucking. Totally. So, like, I don't want to say he's like you know relapsed or had some fucked up shit, but dude, it just kind of sucked. But dude. I think like once he just kind of got it going, kind of got warmed up, like the, like you said, the finish was good. I wanted the Bucks to win this one. I don't know, maybe because I grew up loving the Hardys. I love the Bucks now. I love both teams, but I don't know. May, I just feel like the Bucks should have won this one, so it kind of took it a little bit away from me. But I still went higher than you. I went four beers, but I guess maybe they can set up a rematch for some time in the future when they may, maybe Jeff's feeling a little bit better. But this was pretty much the rubber match because they've had a couple Ring of Honor matches before, so – Maybe we'll yeah. get that fourth match here in the future sometime. Yeah. Jesse, how do you feel about it? I really – so first off, I love the fucking alteration to the Bucks' entrance. I thought that that was a, a really nice little note, you know, kind of helped sell them as heels, that whole thing, which you need all the help you can get when you're going up against such a baby-faced team like the Hardys, even in this day and age. It's just the truth. I thought there were a lot of super creative spots, even for these two teams who did a lot of their same fan service shit that you would expect to see, but there were some innovative things still – which the fact that they're still pulling out innovative things is insane to me. Um, a big note for me that helped this match a lot. I really thought Caprice Coleman did a badass job on commentary. To me, it was oh, yeah. refreshing. Was good, yeah. And at some point, Jim Ross makes the CPAP comment about Brandon Cutler, which I thought was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the finish sequence was what it was. I really liked you know the butt stealing moves. The Hardys kind of looking like they were attempting to steal moves. I don't know. For me, it buried a finish again. It was a little long with some of the expected sequences. I gave it four and a half. I really enjoyed watching it. I agree with the worried part, but at the same time, it kind of keeps. It, it seemed like he kind of Jeff picked up out of it, so I couldn't really tell. Is that like your boot came loose and you're just selling it and you're tired or what the fuck's going on? But I, it was still a question. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I mean, gave it four and a half. Wow, four and four and a half. Jesus. Um, I thought it was really fun. All right. Dude, it's right, the Bucks and the Hardys. Like. Yeah, I know. I I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I, I had seen those Ring of Honor matches, the Supercard of Honor show, especially like the night before. Oh, no, I saw I saw that ladder war match. It was fucking oh. gnarly, but. Yeah. So good. Like, so it's, I don't know. To me, this was not. I was two shots like deep of watching the, the Hardys on pay-per-view, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I just don't think that this was even. I don't know. This would have been a decent dynamite main event, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, let's just keep it going. Uh, the acclaimed and the Gun Club kind of get a little promo segment, which was funny. I do like the pairing of that those two groups. I think it Daddy works out ass. really well. Yeah, I think yeah, it's really good. I I I enjoy it. I like the little uh, the like the vignette that they had too, where they're all passed out in Vegas or whatever. I thought that was good. Um, and then on to the next match, which was not good. It's Anna J versus Jade Cargill. Um, yeah, the match is super choreographed, but they didn't pull it off. So like, it's like everything is obviously timed out, and then they're obviously like waiting for each other and like that nervous like movement that you have when something's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Like that was the entire match. It was not good. It was terrible. Uh, even, uh, I mean, Sterling taking the brain buster was the best part of the match. In my opinion, um, one beer is all I gave it. Anna Jay was just not the right person to put in that position yet. And listen, I'm not trying to come down on her either. Like she's grown leaps and bounds from the time she started till now. Um, but Che, there, there wasn't anybody in the match to anchor it. There was no one there to be the voice, the veteran. And, and, and it showed to me. Um, I think Jade Carkill can have great matches. I think Anna Jay can have great matches. I think that together they can't without, you know, another veteran in the ring. And I think it showed one beer for me. Um, Wex, what do you think about it? I mean, some of the same things you say I agree with. Like, Anna Jay was a poor opponent here. They're both too green. Like, you were talking about MJF carrying uh, Wardlow earlier, even though it was a squash match. Like, not necessarily need someone to carry them. They just need that, like you said, they need that veteran presence in the ring to yeah. make it a little bit more fluid. Yeah. And the fact that they made Jade struggle so much with Anna Jay at this point when she's, like, it doesn't fit her character. Yeah. It's, like, that really took away from it because she's yeah. supposed to just be dominant. And... Physically, I mean, come on now. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense for her to struggle that much with Anna Jay at this point. So, I, I mean, I gave it a little bit higher rating because the ending with the debuts against Stokely Hathaway, Athena, which Athena versus Jade will probably be money because Athena's a goddamn – she's great in the ring. She could definitely carry the match. So I gave it two beers. It, I definitely expected better, but just a different opponent. Anna Jay just – they're both too green to carry each other at this point. And you could see, you could see it. Like you said, all that hesitation. Yeah. Jesse, where are you at on it? I also went one beer, pretty much echoing everything else. Not the right. I mean, this match shouldn't have been on the show. It could have gone without it. And yep. I'll make the note now. Apparently, the reason, according to all the post show scrums or whatever, was because of game seven, Tony Khan decided to lengthen the show because he wanted people to, he wanted late buys after game seven got done. Oh. So they were like calling audibles allegedly extending matches on the fly so they could put the last couple of matches on like basically he wanted the game to end while anarchy in the arena was going on so people would be like oh shit jericho and just do the late buy that's his line oh, they probably in put public. some extra spots in that match that didn't need to be there yeah and so i mean that's kind of I'm, I'm guessing that's why this whole thing dragged out and i'm like look the timing aspect of that you are in vegas and he argued the ufc main events don't start until late but i'm like dude that's not what your fans are used to, especially not on the East Coast. It's also a Sunday, not a Saturday night. Those are two very different things for people. Agreed. Just start the fucking show later, if that's your yeah. logic. I yeah. mean, nobody Agreed. would have minded that, I don't think. Because yeah. then you watch the replay, it's still only three hours or three yeah. and a half or whatever the fuck. Um, it was a dud for me. I love seeing Stokely there. I think he has a much brighter future in AEW than he did in NXT, and he is one of the best talkers in the business. And Athena, 
I think the women's division needs Athena. Yeah, frankly. agreed. Really agreed. Do. Um, yeah, I, but yeah, the match itself, dog shit. Yeah, see, see, that's the thing too. Like, I kind of separated them. Like, to me, the debuts were not a part of the rating. I think that Athena, that's a big signing for them. That's something that they need. They they need to strengthen that side of the roster for sure. Um, I'm not. I, I mean, I, I, to be completely fair, I haven't seen enough of Stokely to like make an opinion on him. Um, I, I wasn't really watching a lot of 2.0 NXT, and that was kind of where the Diamond Mine thing happened. I mean, I did like the the stuff that I did see from him, but to me, the Athena. Like to me, I, I think it was smart for them to send him out first, but half, more than half the crowd had no idea who the fuck that guy was. Like, I mean, well, yeah. I, I mean, even Jr. was like, "Who? Who's this guy?" Like, I, I, I mean, saw him in Indies. It's the only reason I wouldn't have known him from fucking NXT. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying though. I I, I feel like that was a little bit of a whiff. Um, like you could have just brought him in on Dynamite or, or or introduced him in a different way. I don't think that he had enough impact there. But the Athena thing was great. I think that was that was awesome, and I do think that she. Um, can really help elevate the division for sure. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, that's, uh, it was what it was. And that was, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the signs of things to come, but to me, uh, the match of the night is actually next. It's, uh, I House, agree. I'm gonna go House ahead and say, I Death agree Triangle. with you match of the night. I, I loved, uh, the masks for the house of black too. Um, didn't really like the paint too much though. A little too much for me. Um, didn't really cheapen anything, but I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not with all the, all the face paint these days. It's almost like it's, it's, we're getting back to almost damn near eighties levels with all these, this face paint. And, um, that's, uh, uh, I don't know. You don't, don't really need that to me. Um, on the flip side though, um, Pac kind of got the Lucha mask, which I enjoyed. I was kind of hoping he was just going to wrestle with it. I thought that was kind of cool, but, um, yeah, buddy Matthews, I feel like showed out in this match. I think that he kind of proved that he is insanely underrated. Um, I mean, his bell to bell work here is by far the best of the match. And it was all, everybody was good. Um, but I thought, I thought buddy stood out. I thought Brody, um, also kind of put his stamp on it instead of just being like a backup guy, like kind of showed other than almost breaking his damn neck, trying to do that, that senton, uh, to the outside. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Phoenix, his selling was really good. Um, the destroyer on the apron was sick. Uh, I think the low blow, the like the kick to the the grognogs, if you will, was supposed to be a babyface pop, but it kind of got a heel boo, um, which I don't think they intended to happen. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Julia Hart finish I thought was really well done. I, I, even though it's um, you know a quote unquote Gaga finish, I I enjoyed it. I thought it made sense um, and it furthered the storyline at least. Um, yeah, I'm pretty impressed. I, I'm impressed that you got a crowd to pop for Julia Hart. Like if you like if you if you booked it that way and and you got that reaction, good on you. I don't know how else you can get the crowd to pop for her. So, well done. Uh, four and a quarter beers for me. Um, Wex, where are you at on it, dude? Maybe I don't know. I'm a Death Triangle Mark for sure. And House of Black is awesome. Like you said, everyone showed the fuck out in this match. This was just one of those classic wild six mans that had a little bit of everything. Like so many cool fucking spots. Like that step up, like Destroyer on the apron that you were talking about, yeah. dude. That's just, dude, sick. fucking sick. Anytime Penta pulls off a crazy destroyer, I'm going to fucking love it. And Phoenix and Matthews were like the stars of yeah. this match. Like, they're the ones who showed the fuck up and showed the fuck out. And like you said, the Julia Hart thing, I think it was just that l- ridiculously long-term payoff that we've all been waiting for. Like, yeah. they've milked it. They've milked it and milked it and milked it. Some people say too long, but when they finally, when they finally blew that load right all the way off, it was a good one. It's a nice good. ending to the match, and uh, yeah, I went five beers. Match of the night for sure. 
My fa- my favorite match. I thought wow. it was fantastic. Solid. Jesse, where you at? Woo! <laughs> this is where we differ, boys. Uh, I really love the presentation of House of Black and Death Triangle both. I felt like this was fucking way too much. I felt like it was too long for what it was. It was a very expected spot fest for both sides, in my opinion. The Julia Hart thing, to me, is goddamn useless. They may have got that pop out of her that time, but, like, that's never happening again. And, it, like, if you're talking about an addition to a faction, no one ultimately cares. They might care in this particular instance, but no one's going to care moving forward. To me, it has no longevity. I really felt like this would have been much more meaningful as either a singles or a tag match versus the six-man thing and involve everybody. I mean, Lord knows, AEW does that any fucking way. But, yeah. like, I just didn't – I gave it two beers. I really – I thought this match 110% belonged on Dynamite. I just – not the people necessarily. You could have done this differently and made this a fucking banger in my opinion. But I – to me, I got very tired of watching it. I am genuinely um – interested to see what your match of the night is then um yeah me too because uh, this, this is a goddamn banger you must have been on on some wild shit when this one's going let's, on uh, oh. let's, get, let's keep it rolling here um after the match we get a package for cole and joe um it's adam cole versus samoa joe for the owen hearts men's finals um the match was good i will say that the commentary sucked in this match it really felt like the commentary the whole time was literally talking about what Owen Hart meant to them individually. And that's great, but it like they literally did not call much action in the ring. Like they just talked about Owen Hart and how they're so happy that his legacy is being honored. And that's great. But the whole, I mean, they talked over some really awesome spots and it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it felt like commentary got carried away and it became about the commentary team and not about what was happening in the ring. And it really hurt the match to me. I mean, significantly hurt the match. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe has definitely gotten slower, too. There's there's no way around it. Um, those last few injuries in NXT most certainly took their toll on him. Still, it was a very good match. Uh, and it ended as it should. Um, Cole kind of needed the boost. And Joe kind of still has that television title there. So I thought it was a very good match, but not great. I went three and a half beers on it. Um, Wex, where you at? Hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner right there with you at three and a half beers. And like, I thought it was a really solid matchup and I thought it could have done without the interference. But when I thought about it, it made sense. You know, Joe's the ROH world TV champion. You want to, you don't want to make him look weak by losing this match. The interference makes sense. And you know, the heel Adam Cole thing, it just, it just all works. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, you pretty much covered all the basis on that, but I'm right there. Three and a half beers, really solid match. But like you said, Joe has definitely lost a step. No doubt about that. Uh, Jesse, where you at? We get the Holy Trinity. Ooh. Years also. And while Joe has lost a step, what I will say, I do think that he's made up for it with years and years of experience. The viciousness of what he delivers in the ring, I think, makes up oh, yeah. for some of it in a Agreed. pretty big way, to be honest. I mean, it really you could tell there was a little bit of a David and Goliath thing going on which is the only reason that the interference part made any sense. I really didn't like it still. I really wish that if it was going to happen that, you know, Adam could have like healed his way into a win without the interference, I think. But the one big thing that hurt for me, and it goes into the next one too, telegraphing the winner with the fucking gear. Yeah. I did not dig that. It's yeah. one of those things where I'm like, come on guys. Like I, that, that was yeah. just one of those things where it's like, had he lost, it would have been a different thing. But yeah. 
it, I, agree. I don't know that kind of the psychology in the match though, the spots in the match working the arm the entire fucking time. There's a little much on the outside for me, I, but I thought it was solid, but yeah, it was three and a half. I mean, it was not for as much as I love both of these guys. That's kind of surprisingly low rating. I agree. I agree. I, I, yeah. I mean like again, above average match, we were all in the same boat on it, but I expected more. Um, didn't get it. Yep. So, uh, let's, let's move on to the next match here. It's, um, we got a package for Ruby and Brit. Uh, it's Brit Baker versus Ruby Soho. Um, I, I popped hard for rancid for sure. I uh, did not expect it. And that was very cool. Um, and I think that was kind of well done there. I think the presentation was done well here because rich ward, the, uh, old man energizer bunny came out and just played like power chords for Brit Baker, which was really weird i mean that dude just kept moving too and it was almost like boy bandish moves There's like it like wasn't no even like there either you know like it's not, yeah like ugh. yeah it's like of all pete like why the fozzy guitar player like he's not he's a guitar and fozzy like what what, what do you mean who? like what? yeah exactly who um yeah i mean it, i don't know it was what it was it's, once you get past the intros though um, I thought they, they had a re- really solid match. I, I actually, I actually thought that the bell to bell match here was better than the men's finals. I thought they wrestled really well. I thought Britt and Ruby did a great job. I thought that because of the intro and because of the package where it's like Ruby has to win one, has to win one, has to win one. I thought there might be a chance here that they put it on. I was like, well, after Rancid comes out, like surely, you know, maybe, maybe they'll give it to her, you know, maybe it becomes a thing and top of the ramp and because of the gear, but they gave it to Britt. I mean, I don't know if she did. I think Cole needed his win. I think he needed his win after losing the hangman and, you know, Joe's got the title. I don't think Britt needed the win here. I think Ruby did need the win and she didn't get it. And I think that's going to hurt your division even more because she's not. Now it's like, where is her value? I feel like genuinely like Ruby Soho has no actual threatening value right now like none i don't think anybody thinks she's going to be champ no one thinks she could even be be the tbs champ because jade kind of it was harder for her to beat anna jay than it was to beat ruby soho that's a problem you know i mean and that, that, that's where that's where it's like you don't even have to be in the match and be hurt because of what's happening um yeah either way the, the actual belt to belt was really good some really really solid false finishes um you know it was what it was um for my money Best singles match on the card thus far. Um, I actually went I went three and three quarter beers on it. Um, almost four. Very solid match. Better than the men's finals. Jesse, where are you at on it? I went three. I was dead in the middle. Um, I thought it was a really great match. I thought they did a really good job of teasing finishes and doing the falsies. I thought all that stuff was really well executed. I do agree the wrong person won. Because I think once you telegraph it with the gear once and you do these back to back, you could have created a whole other angle. By having a different winner here. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if it was Adam Cole and Ruby Soho standing on the stage accepting that shit from Martha Hart? Yeah. How much they could have played off that for the next fucking several. And then have Britt just like put her in the ground and like there's a there's a big you have you have a big program there and have her like come out and ruin the whole ceremony. You get her heat back right away. You get more sympathy on Ruby and she won. It's it's a win win for both people. I mean, the the booking the. The booking of the finish definitely hurt this one a little bit for me. However, I will say bell to bell, it was fucking tremendous. And that's one of those things that Ruby may be falling into that good old curse of the good worker. You know, the Dolph Ziggler. The, I was uh, just Oak about Palmer, to say that. She's the, the Dolph Ziggler. Uh, yeah. the, you know what I mean? Like never yeah. quite making the big, the fucking Mr. Perfect, the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, but 
it was very solid. I am a big fan of both talent, and I think they both pulled it out. But it's still a three for me. That's fair. That's fair. Wex, where are you at on it? Man. So, the match, you know, the intro, we got the rancid thing. Started off pretty good, and, like, the match was pretty solid, pretty decent for a minute until Ruby Soho botched that fucking sharpshooter, and then it was just all downhill for me. I was just like, the Owen Hart tournament, you're going to botch the sharpshooter twice? And then, dude, just like the whole, like you said, the whole thing, Britt Baker's got the gear on, like she wins. Soho should have won just, and I just, I don't know. I expected a lot better from these two when we had, we had this much on the line. You're going to botch, botch the fucking sharpshooter. I gave it the exact same rating as I gave the previous women's match, two beers, because I expected more from you two at this fucking st- Come on now. Don't fuck up the sharpshooter in the Owen Hart tribute match. Come on, y'all. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it was a problem for sure. Ooh, Honestly, like, it, 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 hurt, it hurt me. I was like, oh, no, man, fuck. I mean, to be <sighs> fair, no one did a good sharpshooter this entire evening. Well, I didn't say, different. and Scorpion Deathlock is a different move, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. People get confused about that, but you are it right. Is different. Slight, but it is different. Um, yeah. Um, so after the match, we get a uh, little... Um, I know. I'm all right. I'm gonna get heat for saying this, but Martha Hart just was awful. Like, I mean, like, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, dude, it felt like she just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. Yeah, and other like, rumor I heard that they bought an extra hour so she could talk as long as she wanted. Ugh. Like, I just don't care. Like, I'm sorry. It's been so long that like, I I don't like. It, it, this should have been like maybe you know. This was a substitute because I know they were really trying to sign Brett. And if Brett had given a speech, maybe it would have meant a little bit more. I don't know. I just didn't. I don't have. And, you know, I have obviously nothing against Martha Hart. Like, I don't hate her or anything. It's just like there was. I don't. She didn't add to the show. She's you didn't not, like a hat? You didn't like a hat? It was a nice hat. Well, Whoa, it wasn't even a hat. It was like a weird. She called like, it a hat. She called it a fucking hat. So I'm going to say it's a hat. I don't care what she called it. She, I, I, well, I've heard the theory posited that basically they were trying to use this as a makeup for the never will be done Hall of Fame speech. And I, logistically, I can see where somebody was coming from, but it wasn't the time or place for it. No. It didn't have the same kind of shine by a long shot. Basically, it just seemed like I'm arresting everyone's time for a really long time. And I'll say this. This is what started to put me to sleep because I fell asleep during the intros of the next match. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. The intro. For a person yeah. who is under the influence and just eating a lot of food, it's it's not good to hear Martha Hart fucking ramble for a long time. No, it's definitely not good. It's not good for anybody involved. Uh, this is match number seven on the card, by the way. Number seven. Um, it's American. This is like their top- mania, I feel like, right? This is their WrestleMania, double or nothing. Except they did it on one night instead of two. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Two. Um, Prestigious. A, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's American Top Team versus Kazarian, Guevara, and Conti. Uh, I mean, I like the heel personas of Guevara and Conti. I think it really works out well for both of them. But I don't know. Kazarian definitely felt like a filler guy. I mean, that's okay, I guess. Um, I will say the new purple and gold um, TNT title is hideous. I hate it. I I think it's (laughs) really ugly. I like Um, it. I'm not even a Lakers fan, but I think I, I like it hideous um it's really ugly uh the match kind of started off strong but it felt really rushed which is weird um maybe because martha dragged not sure but 
it wasn't good. Uh, the match really wasn't great. Uh, Sammy definitely has nuclear heat, which I love, but I don't know. They got to find a way to get MJF and kind of Sammy together. If they want to keep MJF as a heel, I feel like that would make more sense. Find a way to like do that pinnacle thing with Sammy and Conti. Um, or, or, or not, or, you know, if you're going to turn MJF, um, face, honestly, like maybe have punk get his own little faction and put Sammy with punk. I think that'd be great. I could totally see like a heel punk kind of convincing Sammy and, and Ty like they, that he can take them to the promised land and make them bigger and better and yada, yada. I think that would be good, but, um, have Serena deep shave her head again. Yeah. I mean, she needs to do something, but we'll get, we'll get there. Um, yeah, either way, man, I, I, I don't know. Um, it was a good match. It was a good match. But I was a little underwhelmed with it. Too much going on. Paige Van Zandt is risky in the ring. Shouldn't shouldn't be. I mean, she literally dropped Ty Conti on her head and that Michinoku driver. The entire crowd like that was Ooh. a true Michinoku driver. That was yeah. a Japanese um, Michinoku driver. I will say, other than like that, that one massive botch took 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 a little bit off for me. I would have put it in the middle, but because of that, um, I went two and three quarter. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I was at on a two and three quarter beers for me. Wax, where are you at? Right there with you. I'm at 2.75 beers and like the work rate from the dudes in the match was really high, really good. Like they were cutting some shit, but the story was just kind of bullshit and it killed it. And commentary was hilarious. They're like, what the hell was that? That was dumb. Like they were just calling them out for doing stupid shit, which was great. And Van Zant was hitting some moves I didn't expect. But like you said, that kind of botch, like no fluidity, no selling on any of the shit. Like surely she'll get better. Yeah. Like you can see the potential there. Like she like she cut a few things. I was like, yeah. But like I said, I initially fell asleep during this match. But when I rewatched it, you know, it was mildly entertaining. So, yeah, 2.75. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if they could book her right and she could be a, Ra- a Rousey and like a Ronda Rousey situation. But I don't think they're going to do that. So, uh, yeah. Jesse, what do you think about it? Uh, I wrote in all caps, no one cares about this. Uh, I feel like Scorpio Sky, as much as I love him in the ring, is a fucking charisma vacuum at this point. Yes. I th- yes. I think Ethan Page could have a bright future, potentially. He looked the best to me in the ring out of anybody. There were some impressive move sequences on the inside, but I mean, I I don't know. There was some overkill on some of the storyline stuff, and then when the girls were in the ring, it was like everybody just powdered and stared, and it was very obvious to me that there wasn't like a good reason for that. It, it was just like, all right, we got to let them have some shine for a second. And I, the only thing that I liked about this match, to be entirely honest with you, was that fucking super kick that Sammy laid right into Ty Conti. And that looked nasty as fuck. It and looked really good. I know she was fine, but it looked fucking yeah. super nasty. That being said, the crowd was ice cold. It was a rampage match to me. It's a dud. Wow. A dud. Okay. I, I, I hated it. Damn, don't do, fade Frankie like that. All right. I do have a dud on this show, um, but that's not it. Let's keep it rolling. Um, okay. I Okay. I've, I've been keeping up with AEW. Like, I went back. I have a DVR, and I, I know I'm on the show I've been like, you know, I, it sucks. I've been missing these shows. So I literally caught up. Like, I watched so much um, stuff before this, this pay-per-view, and I had no idea that Darby and O'Reilly was scheduled at all. It wasn't. I've watched. And no, it was a last minute thing. It literally was announced on Dynamite, like in a little segment. Okay, so if you're gonna have this, this match should have been between the Owen Hart finals. This one should have been there. That's where it should have been. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
the fact the fact that Darby Allen is is one of your quote unquote pillars, and there's no reason really for this match to even be happening. Like, there's not even. You know, the elite hasn't really been beaten up on Darby. You know what I mean? Like there's not really a sting out. That's the whole reason. Yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. It felt rushed. It was not smart. Uh, The match was not very good either. It felt very rushed. Um, Darby dived on that like dive. The laziest sharpshooter I've ever seen in my life was was in this match. Um, Yeah, match should have been. That was a scorpion death lock, dude. It was bad is what it was. The match wasn't good. Um, yeah, lackluster finish too. Kind of a bummer, especially for these two guys. I gave it one three-quarter beers. Um, Hater. Not good. It just wasn't a very good match. Um, yeah. Wex, where are you at on it? Well, I think you're just a hater. I thought this was actually one of those surprising, like, oh, I didn't expect that. And they fucking beat the fuck out of each other. No. I really enjoyed it. Darby got busted open the hard way. And I even liked the finish. You, it wasn't your traditional just finishing move. He kicked him a bunch of times and hit him with a fucking knee and pinned him. I didn't even expect that finish. I thought it was a pretty solid match besides that botch on the suicide dive, which was fucked. And they just basically redid the spot. I was like, all right, whatever. But I mean... I see what they were going for because they redid the spot. It turned out pretty good, but I like this match. You get to see, you know, Darby is can actually work on the mat, which people forget about. He's actually just a good overall rounded wrestler. I thought it was a solid match. I gave it three beers. Cool to see O'Reilly get the W. You're just, I don't, I don't know what, why you were hating three so hard. Three beers? That's insane. This match was yeah. not good, dude. You're going to love mine. <laughs> Jesse, where are you at on it? I gave it four. See? I'm I, I'm not crazy. alone. Extremely this match was not good. To me, this was a fucking huge breath of fresh air in this card. And just because these guys, in my opinion, were both working their asses off. Yes, Darby flubbed a dive. What fucking match have we seen Darby Allen in where he didn't flub a dive? Like, it happens all the time. Like, that didn't bother me really. I mean, it was hard to watch because he landed straight the fuck on his head. But the I, I loved what they did with the other spot. I don't know that that was a makeup spot, by the way. If you look at the way that he dove out, I'm not sure that they intended to do the first one that way. I think they just kept going. But the it worked drop on the apron was one of the sickest fucking things. Like, I've ever that, – that, that was – I don't know. That was a gut check. I enjoyed it. I thought the finish was fine. I liked the fact that it finished clean. It was unexpected. I thought it ruled. I gave it four. See? All right, now I don't feel as bad because I was like, dude, I thought it was a banger. They beat the fuck out of each other. It was a nice physical – something you might see in PWG or something. Something to no, that, that, that match style. fucking sucked. It was not a good match at all. Uh, the next We're match all over the place on this one. Is yeah. Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa, um, AEW Championships on the line. Commentary is all over the place the entire match. Again, they're just way not even in La La Land, like not even talking about the match. Um and listen, I'm not trying to be like ageist or like sexist, but like Deeb just doesn't work. Like it's painfully obvious that she's not um, she's significantly older than everyone else on the roster. It's very visually. That's what it looks like. Um, and she's almost booked as like this monster and she's about 110 pounds. And it's just it doesn't it doesn't I, I, I don't get it. Like I, I think that she is. Quite possibly one of the best women's coaches of all time. I think she's trained. I mean, she's trained, in my opinion, some of the greatest women's wrestlers that we have today. But I don't think that she she doesn't. She's the QT Marshall of the women's division. Like she just doesn't have it. Like there's no there's no charisma behind Serena Deeb, in my opinion, at all. If anything, she 
is a vacuum for it. She sucks it away from whoever she's wrestling as well. I thought Thunder Rosa's jumpsuit looked ridiculous. Not that, that really matters, but that's my two cents about it. I um, loved it, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just wasn't good. Um, I mean, the whole the crowd is super dead. Um, I mean, the bell to bell was decent, um, but neither one of them can talk to save their lives either. Um, it just didn't mean anything. Like, it did, I mean, Thunder Rosa beats Deeb. It's like I feel like Thunder Rosa at this point is having one of the worst title runs in the history of AEW. Like, it's just so boring. Like, there's nothing tying me to her as the women's champion at all, especially with so much hype that she had leading into becoming champion like there, there was so much hunt and chase and like vibe for thunder rosa to go over and now that she's gone over it's like this sucks her title reign sucks it was two beers for me at best um jesse where are you at on it i i mean i do find that they're two immensely talented athletes i think rosa's work and, and where the shine lies in her is that it does always look real and it's because of her background that it I, there's something about her to me that translates on screen, even in a professional wrestling environment, the deep stuff, there was some great grappling. I thought they did sell some real animosity during the match, but I mean, it wasn't on a storyline level that it should have been. I will say, I wish this had been switched with the TBS match in terms of the order only because of the overkill on the match leading up to this, because I felt like this was a better match. Whereas the TBS thing was really just there for a couple of spots in the introductions of the two new talents or whatever that could have functioned just fine as like ginger on your sushi plate here. It would have been perfect, but I don't know. I gave it a three. It was a solid match. I thought it was too late in the card. I thought the finish was decent. I'm a huge fucking fan of Thunder Rosa. I still am here. I don't, I agree with you about Rosa's title run so far. I think that's more to do. Nobody knows how to book that women's division and they don't necessarily really have the talent to do it. Yeah. But Hopefully they're building to that. I think that the change from TBS or TNT to TBS has distracted because introducing that second women's title has put so many other people into that division mm-hmm. that now like you're looking at a completely divided situation when it comes to the women's world title, which didn't really have a solid situation going behind it in the first place. Yeah, I agree. That that's my two cents. Wax, how do you feel about it? Man, Serena Deeb, like you said, she's a great coach. She's been great in other spots, but she fucking sucked in this match. Mm-hmm. Like, she straight up sucked. Thunder, like, the, so many sloppy spots, like, timing issues. You could tell it was all her. She was hesitating. Just, yep. it really took it out for me. And I love Thunder Rosa's fucking jumpsuit. I love full-body wrestling suits. I don't know if it's back, like, going back to Jushin Liger, Rey Mysterio, the Halloween Havoc, like... Rassler's in full body suit. It just, it's fucking sick to me. I liked it. And I like ridiculous shit. I know the colors were ridiculous. It was a little outrageous, but thought it was fucking sick. And as soon as this match was over, I was like, finally, we're done with this fucking feud. Let's see Thunder Rosa. Like you said, her title reign, her only opponent so far has been Deeb, and it's been a fucking shit program. Like you said, they can, like, Thunder Rosa just has that, like, I feel like she has, like, the, her, you know, English is her second language barrier on her promos. It's kind of hard. But Deeb speaks English gr- fucking great, but still can't cut a fucking promo. She's, like, just dull as hell. So I'm ready to see, you know, Rosa versus Tony Storm, any anybody else right at this point. Like, it could be great. But, yeah, another two beer. Like, every women's match I've given two beers so far on here, and it's just... They didn't deliver. The opponent should have been switched up. Deep, yeah. Get Deeb out of there. Like Soho versus anybody else versus Thunder Rosa. Soho uh, Rosa I think would be great. 
Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a fantastic program. Well, not maybe, now that she's been freaking buried under the earth. Like, God. Yeah, but maybe, maybe she can be the one to take and that title. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't think anybody would believe that Ruby would beat Thunder Rosa. That's the problem. Even uh, JR said it got very sloppy at times, and that's an understatement. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Um, then we get a package for Anarchy in the Arena. Um, speaking of sloppy, um, yeah, so it's the uh, Jericho As- Appreciation Society versus essentially LAX with uh, Eddie Kingston and everything. Uh, and then the Blackpool Combat Club, um, for the most part, all together. So, yeah, uh, I'm just going to run down this real quick. I thought this was absolutely embarrassing. Like, I thought this was probably not just one of the, not just the, like the worst match on the card, like embarrassing. Like there's just, there was a lot of blood for no real reason because nothing looked brutal at all. Like nothing looked brutal. It's like the worst working fakest punches. Literally everything that Jericho and Moxley did missed. Everything they did was a botch. Every single thing that Moxley and Jericho did was a botch. Every, every step of it. It's, it was terrible. Like I felt I cringed. Like it, there was at one point that I want, like I muted the TV because I was embarrassed that I was watching it. Like I, it was awful. Like this is a absolute dud. If not negative one beer for me, Jericho's got to do something about that Terry funk part that he's got going on in his hair at this point. They're doing a hair versus hair match coming up. I think he's going to actually shave it to be honest. He needs to do something. Um, this was terrible. This this was, to quote Jim Cornette, this was some like outlaw mud show bullshit. This was a fucking terrible match, and there's no way you can cut it to be remotely good. It was awful. It was embarrassing. It was a blemish on professional wrestling, in my opinion. It was terrible. Terrible. Probably the worst thing AEW has put on pay-per-view ever. Wex, how do you feel about it? I did not think it was that bad. It definitely wasn't good, but it wasn't a embarrassment and a blemish. Like you say, I gave it a beer and a quarter, 1.25. And it was just too much to keep up with. Like the themes, wild thing kept playing for fucking forever. Jesus. And God. like, it like would cut to one, then it cut to someone else. To be bl- like at one point, I didn't know who was who I was getting Jericho and, uh, Matt Menard confused. They were just bloody and wearing the same shit. Uh, Eddie Kingston is the only thing that saved this match. Honestly, he was the star of the match for me. He's the only one that kept it somewhat kind of cohesive. And I think this sucks so bad that they're going to do blood and guts or they knew they were going to do blood and guts. They just kind of like didn't really give a fuck in this match, but hopefully they can redeem themselves. Speaking of redeemer, Miro returned this week, but anyways, blood and guts. Let's hopefully they can redeem themselves and, uh, Give us a decent match because this was just all over the fucking place. Yeah, we definitely need to get an Eddie Kingston MJF feud going. I think that would save the entire company. But Jesse, where are you at, man? I will say the two good things first, which are I kind of liked seeing Danielson in this role uh, just because it's so different than what he normally does. And seeing things like him yelling, I'm going to kick your fucking head off and like presenting it as a real dude in a fight. He, to me, was the only realistic part of this entire fucking thing and i do love kingston's intensity all that being said um the cameras couldn't catch a spot for shit as everything Mm -hmm. was going on they couldn't catch a god like you would see something about to happen and they'd switch to something else that was completely irrelevant 
why the fuck anybody would use a fork or any kind of stabby weapon on the floor in the crowd where it's not in front of a hard cam or visible defeats the purpose of doing it. Like there's no reason. Completely. I, I don't fucking understand it. Psychologically, it made no goddamn sense at all. There was way too much going on. I will say uh, Santana and Ortiz got some decent tag offense in. It was the only cohesive part of the match at all. As much as I love Kingston, the whole bullshit with the gas can was the fakest fucking fakest fake. So fake. It really that that at that point I was like, I already hated it and it, I couldn't have hated it more after that. I mean, it was just so fucking stupid. Even fucking Shivani during the match says, oh, "I shouldn't laugh." Yeah, as he giggles. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean, like this was a fucking comedy match. Embarrassment. It was supposed to be an intense, like death match style fucking street fight. It was a fucking comedy match. Yep. And I gave it one beer simply based on a couple dudes tried real fucking hard. And when I say a couple dudes, I really mean Danielson tried hard. And I think that Santana and Ortiz tried really hard. And outside of that, I didn't really see anybody doing anything that they couldn't just say, hey, this is an easy night for us. And uh, yeah, you know what we get next? Well, we all needed an Andrade promo. That's what we needed right here. Oh yeah, we're we're running like we're literally at this point we're four four and some change hours into the show. I'm asleep at this point. Yeah, you're asleep. Um, Most everybody else is probably fucking too. And then they introduce Rush, who I just found out what his name was it's after Roosh. the show. It's yeah, Rush. I don't they care. They didn't even fucking name him during the goddamn care. promo. Like yeah, why wouldn't? Yeah. El Toro they, Blanco, but uh, he's a good wrestler. Hopefully okay. get him on TV. They continue to fumble Andrade. They continue to, like, literally bury him. Uh, you would have to, you'd have to be a AAA or Ring of Honor nerd to even understand their fucking connection. Los like, Ingobernales or a New Japan nerd, sort of. Right, but no casual viewer does. They don't know who that fucking guy is. Well, I do, and I liked it, so who cares? Well, we get a American Top Team promo in the back after that because that's that's another good use of time. Um, and then we get, uh, the wonder bread Dante inter- intervening and challenging Scorpio. Um, yeah, already better than you. And then yeah, the snap, off. the snap to cut the feed too is the stupidest thing. Like it's so dumb. Like, Oh God, I didn't see this pro box. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, you didn't miss anything. The next match here is Hobbs and Starks versus Swerve and Glory versus Jurassic Express for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Ah, uh, man, the botch train just continued chugging along here. Really, really rough. Uh, it felt super rushed. Um, Starks took a really wicked spill to the outside. Um, Keith Lee just needs to bite the bullet and shave his big old dome too because Vince McMahon would never allow that patchy. Like he's got the LeBron James going oh, right now. It is, he's Vince straight up got the LeBron never, James. It's like Vince would that, never allow that shave to be it, on dude. television. We can Absolutely see, we can see all them patches. Get rid of it. Ugh. Uh, Luchasaurus botched the shit out of the Keith Lee spot. Um, Hobbs botched the blockbuster. Um, it this whole thing sucked, man. It was not good. It should have been good, and it wasn't. Um, there was a decent false finish in there with Swerve and Glory. Uh, I do like that kind of finish move, uh, but then the actual finish itself was botched. Uh, the the way this match ended was a botch. Um, two beers is all I could give it. I really it sh- it should have been great and it was not good. Um, two beers, Jesse, where you at? So I found it confusing that they did like the three big man focus for so much of the match because if you have a three team match like this. 
the little guys are normally not the ones that stay out of the ring the longest. And they spent so much time with the bigger dudes in the ring. And I think it was probably trying to get Hobbs and Lee over in a, like a platform like this to me, swerve huge standout here. I yeah. thought everything that he touched pretty much went extremely well. I'm, I think everybody was confused how Christian just kind of appeared out of nowhere, didn't come out with a team, didn't do anything, just kind of fucking showed up. Uh, I think Jurassic Express is a tired-ass team and a tired-ass concept, and they need to get the fuck rid of it. They need to get Jungle Boy out of that scenario because he has a lot bigger future than that. Yeah. They just don't have a place to put him right now because they keep doing things like, oh, I don't know, making the TNT title useless. But – there are a handful of things in here that I really loved a lot that you already touched on that I really didn't. Zero concentration on the legal man, zero concentration on people not being yeah. in the ring and all that fun stuff. I did give it two and three quarters just because I feel like a lot of people put in a lot of work. Luchasaurus botched everything he fucking touched. Yep. I thought Hobbs looked really good. Starks showed some things. They need to put him in a singles program and a fucking yeah. strong one, and they need to do it soon because they have something with him but not in environments like this. Yeah. And, 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 and that does have a clock like oh, that. Yeah, whole- 110% it does. And he's also injury prone. So you need to fucking yeah. put him in situations like an MJF where he can shine by talking yes. and showing his personality, doing some singles work and get the fucking money out of it. Like now there's money because, there because he might have a short career. So yep. now, yeah, yep. Absolutely. I, com- I completely agree. Wex, where are you at on it? I mean, kind of a lot of the same stuff you guys said, just like too many botches. As you said, Swerve, definitely the standout in this match. He fucked like he's so Can't good. I, I could see him having like a singles title run at some point in the future. And I do like that double team move with him and Keith Lee. I do agree. It is yeah. really fucking sick. And I almost thought the titles were going to change hands here. But I think that uh, soon Jurassic Express is going to lose the titles. The heel turn from Christian to Jungle Boy is going to happen. And I feel like that's gonna what's gonna split up the faction eventually. And a Christian Jungle Boy program would be really good. Yeah, you know, yeah, rumor, as a singles, but Luchasaurus maybe uh, fucking July though. Yeah, it's up, up soon. He's yeah, and he's he's a thousand percent going back to the E. Oh yeah, uh, well, then definitely let him get a little run as he leaves. Jungle Boy goes over. We could see a nice little program there. That's like so, maybe this happens sooner rather than later. So part of the work shoot is apparently that Christian Cage is currently making more money than MJF. Like that is that is part of the work shoot. Yeah. And oh, maybe MJF will take him out. Maybe. I mean, starts I, taking out ex WWE guys. Mm, that'd be. That, mm, I like that. <laughs> like All a, right. Well, let's get to it, man. Killer, like a. <laughs> yeah, we're finally here after what felt like eighteen hours of a wrestling show. Um, it's CM Punk versus Hangman Adam Page for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it was stiff in the beginning. Um, the crowd was genuinely kind of split, which really surprised me in a good way. Um, at one point, I felt like Page was going to turn heel, um, which mm-hmm. I think would probably be the best thing for him, honestly. Um, and the crowd was hype, but a lot of botches, man. A lot of mistakes. CM Punk is literally crumbling before our eyes as far as a wrestler goes. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched Dynamite, but the match that he had with Six Man with FTR, he heartily botched that spot, and that was him. That was not the young boy gun that I'm sure he's going to try to blame it on. It was a thousand percent him missing that spot. And it's just, I don't know, man. It, it was not good. It, it wasn't good. The show was way too long. The dead eye with Punk, like, so. 
like I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshole, but like almost like cowardly protecting himself on that yeah. spot. Like, dude, yeah, like, like leaning all the way to the side. all the way to the side as high as he possibly can, not making any effort to make that look good. It was it was terrible. It was just it was not good. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. This sucked. Um, I, I I will say this it, by this point. I don't think I've ever been – I'm not saying it was a terrible show, but this is the most disappointed or dissatisfied I've ever been in an AEW pay-per-view. I was very much – by the end of this, I was very underwhelmed. Uh, I, even with Punk winning, it was just like the match was so bad that it wasn't believable. Hangman clearly looked like the better wrestler, and he didn't – it just – and then he's not even on. Di- I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, man. Because like, I mean, MJF is the only good thing, like really good thing, going right now, in my opinion. And that's that's does not spell well for AEW. When I do think, even though it might be a slow rise, WWE is on the uptick. But um, Wax, where are you at on it? I mean, besides just some of the punks botchy stuff, like overall, I thought it was a really good match. It had a good story, you know, like. Hangman self doubt, the almost kneel, uh, the almost near heel turn, you know, the belt shot and his set like punk, like Hangman selling was fantastic in this match. Everything Hangman did was really great. Like you said, Punk is slowly, slowly becoming Hulk Hogan right now. Yep. But man, Hangman's young. He'll be world champion again. I I went three and a half. I thought it was still an above average match, but it wasn't necessarily i don't know hangman had a lot of bangers in his title run i think this is probably his weakest match even yeah. though he lost the title it is the weakest match in the hangman title run i mean he had danielson omega texas death i mean dude yeah he had lots of really good matches and this was mm, kind of sour me and i really wanted hangman to keep the title and hopefully punk's star power can help push aew to that next level but he's got to do something about these Not little boxes matches are trash yeah he needs to just—he needs to quit then. doing, quit doing so much. He's. I just, just don't think anybody gives a sh- like from a general level where Punk can help. I don't think those people give a fuck if his matches are trash. Yeah, because yeah. they love Punk. No matter, he, Punk is like Hulk Hogan at the, Just like I'm saying, yeah, they love him just because he's there. Like, yeah. Saint Hulk Hogan can do big boot leg drop, and that's all he has to fucking do. And Punk at this point just needs to just do GTSs and some whole lot, some holds and fucking lockups. Because when he tries to do all this extra shit. It's kind of hindering him, to be honest. I agree. I went two and a half, by the way. It was under under average for me. Three Jesse, and a half, two and a half. We're only a beer off, so. Yeah. What's up, Jesse? What you got? I went three and a quarter, so I'm a little bit little bit closer to Wexley's side here. I thought they did a really good job of evoking some animosity throughout, just based on that storyline. I got to be honest. I didn't feel like the build to this was very good. I really, like, only because none of Hangman's build. So rushed. Been- None of so Hangman's much. build has been good. Nope. His whole fucking build has been all over the place. He goes from a drunk to a milk drunk to fucking driving go-karts around with the Dark Order to being with Kenny to somehow winning the title because I feel like AEW wanted to get something on a homegrown quick and like nobody else was technically what they would count as a homegrown. I mean, you're talking about Kenny, Moxley, Jericho. They should have put it on MJF. But uh, I, I digress. I mean, I don't think that would have been the right move. I think, that yet, they, yeah. they, you know, I mean, you know, Omega had to lose it at some point or whatever. But to me, it really came down to like. I the, the crowd reaction is a perfect example of what AEW has done wrong about booking the world championship program, because mm-hmm. no one was behind anyone specifically. 
and you have to have that in a main event that's one-on-one like this. You have to have the crowd that wants someone to win and wants someone to get their ass whipped. And we didn't have that here. Both guys were getting cheered. Both guys were getting booed. And I don't think that – I think it was the same people saying both things the entire time. I don't think that the crowd was necessarily split. I just think everybody that was loud was saying both things. So you probably so you you think that Hangman definitely should have had a actual heel that people hate take the title off of him first before this. One hundred and ten percent. Like you, uh, babyface versus babyface match yeah. isn't going to do shit for shit. The only time right. it's ever worked, the only time it's ever worked, is when Sean took it off of Brett at WrestleMania twelve, and technically they were both babies. And the only reason it worked, that build was years in the making. Yeah, dude. Most- I agree. And the, Masley- match, the match itself was just not. I mean. That we're dude, we're talking about apples and pomegranates. Like CM yeah. Punk versus Adam Page, uh, compared to the Iron Man match of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's completely different. Like 100%. honestly, what I'm saying they, is only I wish AEW would have made Lance Archer like that little transitional champion, no, just no, no. to have him lose to Punk. Me? That that would have devalued the company and the title so much. Lance Archer's been a jobber his whole fucking life, and he will be the rest of his fucking life. Well, damn. I don't know y'all hated him like that. Well, who do you think who do you think could have been a nice transitional heel champion for that for this setup? There's a lot of people that could have. I mean, shit, the minute Danielson turned heel, it probably should have been him. Yeah. It should have been Danielson. But plus, at the end plus, of the day, yeah. I don't know, man. But I'm just they didn't saying, want like, the internet to complain that Hangman was buried by Danielson, so because they so won't complain that he was buried, buried by CM Punk, right? He gets buried no, by CM Punk. No, CM Punk is just, you know, they like they like CM like, Punk just a little bit more. Just just a little bit. Yeah, but he's not a heel though. So like he just botches a bunch of shit during the match and then beats him anyway. Like that was he the needs to go heel though. He better turn heel just like Jay. He, he yeah, better he fucking like, turn heel his, now. His his like if they expect CM Punk to have a long-term title run, which uh, sadly I feel like is what they expect. He needs to turn heel now. I mean, right now. I think um, he needs to, and I think that he's he's got to lose the springboards. He's got to lose the fucking like that hyper because yeah. he doesn't need it anyway. No, no nope. like I said, keep it like, simple, baby. Keep and it he simple. needs to, and his finish needs to be the Anaconda Vice and not the GTS because he's boss starting. He's gonna hurt somebody doing that. The he's, minute he's, that the minute that he goes back to the Anaconda was Vice better in that match heel, than Punks. Yeah. Like the Anaconda Vice is a heel finish, and it makes yeah. all the sense in the fucking world. I'm, I'm right there with you. I did, I did give it three and a quarter. The crowd was a perfect example of why it wasn't good. But yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I mean, we're doing a little fantasy booking here now, but I just, I hate to see Hangman's shit go out this way this time. I do agree with Wex. He will be champ again, and I think that this may be a case of Hangman getting more over by losing. It, I hope so. Just because he did a fucking stellar job. The crowd was behind him. They did some yeah. teases. I hope that people can see a range of emotion, a range of performance out of that guy. Because I do think he has it. It's just going to take a little bit. Yeah. No, just, I agree. What is going to happen when Kenny Omega comes back healthy? If. Uh, that's not going to ha- Yeah. Yeah. If. That, yeah. Honestly, that could be an if. I mean, there's. I don't think he's in any rush to come back. Um, honestly, I, I don't think we're going to see him in 2022. I genuinely don't think we're going to see Kenny Omega in 2022 at all. He's going to come back at 2023 in the Jordan year, 23 and uh, make his a uh, big comeback. Maybe you will. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I say that, but I'm also not trying to say like, I don't think we're ever going to see Kenny Omega wrestle again. Like he's still got a lot left in the tank. He's going to yeah, come he back. I just wrestle, think he's going like, to take some time to truly get healthy. Yeah, I, I really do. And I think that's the, for the best. I do think that by the time Kenny comes back, he will be a baby face and whoever has the title will have to be a strong heel. 
Um, because when he comes back, he's coming back on top. I mean, he's coming yeah. back for the top. I mean, there's no, the, he, there's no transitional storyline in between. Um, it's probably going to be Cole by that point. Like I think Adam Cole will be the champion at some point and he will be a heel. Um, and that's okay. Like Cole's got to shape it up too a little bit though, man. Well, like, I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm, 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 I'm Guys, to be completely honest, man, this is the first time in a long time, if we're talking about overview, that I have genuinely been worried. Like, I'm starting to feel like AEW has some very, like, they don't, they don't have carte blanche. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can't, you can't just continue to, to do stuff like this and expect to keep the buzz that you have, especially when WWE is getting better. It really is. So it's like. I mean, the last few pay-per-views we've got, like, I'm excited to watch Hell in a Cell next weekend. Like, I'm excited. Like, it's and been. I'm surprised, but I agree. And, and so it's like. I'm, not, I'm only excited for maybe a Wyatt return. But about, besides that and Cody Rollins, I'm not TBH. That's fine. And that's fine. But I do feel like AEW right now is the least exciting it's been. Period. Since its inception. I don't know about that. It's just I'm excited about different things right now than I was before. Because without Kenny Omega. It's kind of hard. He's the, he's the guy. He's their Roman Reigns. I mean, he's I agree. Okay, okay. Let's rephrase it then. Picture for the first year. Let's make it more specific then. Let's make it more specific. Okay. We love AW. We were always. We only have four pay per views a year. We were always hyped to watch them. We're super excited about it. Um, I'm not saying it was a shit pay per view, but this is the worst one they've done. Definitely. Yeah, it was t- I've never fallen asleep during a pay-per-view before. Like, this is way too fucking long. AEW pay-per-view period thus far. Yeah, for sure. And I'm they have still, a very high I, standard. A very high standard. Yeah, I would still probably put it a little over the middle, like maybe three and a quarter at most, three and a quarter for this whole show, which is that's that's a, that's fair. I wouldn't even say it's good. It's fair, but when you're used to five, you know, five beers, six beer shows, this was a a massive drop. This was a massive drop. Uh, and I think that it's, I mean, obviously they've got the bull by the horns with MJF and hopefully that whole, that whole thing works out and pays off for them, but they're continuing to sign these, these big people. And to be completely honest, man, most of them get the big pop and that Instagram moment where they debut. And then that's kind of it. Like they, they, they have, they've fumbled almost every single debut they've had. And it's just, I, I genuinely feel like we're turning into ECW here where it's like, they're just the shock value of getting someone here that you didn't expect to see. And then that's it. Like where, um, where, I mean, what's Jay lethal doing? Yeah. I mean, I know he's got, <laughs> he's kind of got, he's going to be, he's going to be a but, ring of honor, dude. You, oh, yeah, he he has to be. So is Sanjay. And that'll be great. That'll yeah, be great. How long, how long is this IWC going to wait? And IWC, let's be honest, are the only people that really give a shit. And like, how Preach. long are they going to wait on that to come to fruition? You're talking about Preach. July 23rd being the second ring of honor show since December and Jay Lethal got signed out of the fucking gate, and they haven't yeah. used him to date, and it is June. Yeah. It's, I mean, the dude wrestles on they, fucking dark. Like, they got a lot to figure out, man. And honestly, we're about to move into the NFL preseason. And, and it, it, if you look at literally the writing in AEW, uh, normally around the time in August when football happens, there's kind of a lull there in AEW creatively because he has other things that he has to do. I mean, it kind of, the same thing kind of happens when, when, you know, the, the FIFA thing happens overseas, like there's a, there's a dip and man, I'm just, I'm worried. Like I'm genuinely worried. I'm genuinely worried that AEW is going to turn into TNA 
on like Spike TV level. Like I'm genuinely. Nah, don't don't put bad mojo in there. That's not try, gonna I'm, fucking I'm, happen. I don't want that to happen. I don't no, want that's not gonna that. happen. Don't, dude. No. We have we're we're literally like marky nerds talking into microphones. I gotta but, put it out into the universe. Like I'm genuinely worried about AEW at this point. But honestly, is it really that bad? Because as long as you're not saying WCW, TNA still exists today in I, some form. I agree, and they have more funding. Yeah, I agree. it. Formed it, just got rehired by the WWE as the senior VP of live events, by the way. Jeff Jarrett? Yes, sir. Wow. Goddamn double J. Wow. My World's a Great Podcast, by the way. Also, since we're now we're towards the end of the show, I want to give it a shout out. There is a uh, an audio drama podcast. It's been out for a few years. It's called The Kings of the Ring, um, and I've kind of been talking to that guy. Um, I am actually one of their patrons there. I'm one of their top guys. I love that show. If you ever liked um, – uh, like the Sopranos, or if you ever read those books that like Jr. was peddling like five or six years ago, the the Blood Red Turns Dollar Green. If you enjoyed that, if you read those, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a really really cool audio drama. It's set in the eighties, um, and it's pretty much like if the Sopranos was around, like kind of like that for a TV show, but it's an audio drama. There's uh, R.J. City is one of the voices on there. Um, um, L.A. Smooth is also one of the voices on, on the show. It's great. Um, I highly suggest you check them out. Um, I, uh, I may very well end up being, um, a character in the Kings of the ring universe. So go check them out, hit subscribe. If you, uh, you know, if you like any kind of audio dramas, if you like, um, uh, audio books, you will definitely like the stories there. It's very cool. They touch on, uh, there's lo- lots of Easter eggs from what actually happened in the eighties. It's a very cool show. Um, but I also have a trivia question for you guys. If you're ready. Hell for this. Yeah. What's that? Okay. This one's a deep dive, okay? So it's it's kind of an obscure trivia, okay? There is one man, and I Googled and did a lot of research for this one. There's only one man that's still active full-time that worked for the NWA, the WCW, the WWF, the WWE, and AEW. Who is that man? CM Punk? It is not. The NWA? Come on, man. Danielson, because NWA was still going in the '90s, you know, so and forever. So Arn Anderson, nope, close. Sting, no. Tully Blanchard, no. Tony Schiavone, no. Wrestlers, is, is it a, a in-ring guy? Companies again. NWA, WCW, WWF, ECW, WWE. AEW. An active wrestler or just working for the company? Active. He's still active. Active. Christian Cage? Not active wrestler. He's still active. Active. <sighs> Not still wrestling, but active. Jake Roberts? Yes. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, I was going to say Jerry Lynn, but. Jesse got it. Jake Roberts. Okay. Jake Damn. Roberts. There's only one. That's incredible. The so only been if you, if you notice, company that's ever mattered. Except for TNA. He never oh. did anything with TNA. That's not he, true. I think he did like an appearance or he it was did. booked for a show. No, he was a groomsman at Jay Lethal and SoCal Val's wedding. I literally watched it two nights ago. Oh, okay. oh, there you go. Okay. There that that, that didn't show up on the snake out from under the ring and everything. SoCal right? Val, that's a so, yeah. So literally every single company since like in the, like all of them, all of them. He also Jay- worked for me once when I booked him at the Springwater. Love it. Love Jim it. Jim Ross didn't have that same accomplishment? No. He never worked for ECW. He never worked for. Never God worked for TNA. 
Or TNA, yeah. There's got to be somebody who did a shot for like the random Dude, like I did NWA. It's trivia question. <laughs> God damn it. That's it fucking wild. Only that one. Is, uh, it was only one because Tully never really worked for the WWE. And obviously Jake the Snake was inducted in the Hall of Fame and on TV a couple times after that while it was still WWE. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's Jake the Snake for sure. I now, honestly TNA didn't even pop up. So that's why I didn't list it. But, um, yeah, I guess he was on like screen. Was it just a one off thing for that one wedding? He was a groomsman and everybody like basically Sanjay Duck came in and broke up the wedding and there were a whole bunch of legends that were groomsmen. And so like Georgie Animal Steel was there and like bit the turnbuckle off and Jake brought the snake out from under the ring. Coco Beware had Frankie and got in there and got a little physical. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That sounds like some fun shit. That's awesome. Speaking of fun shit, man, um, we've had a really good time covering AEW. I know it kind of became a long one, but you know what? AEW is a hot topic right now, so I'm sure you guys are still with us. Um, and hopefully you'll be back next week as well. Um, next week we are covering Hell in a Cell from this coming weekend. It's going to be going up against 1997's King of the Ring. I'm Ooh. really excited to finally get a 97 show in for myself. Um, and it's going to be me and Jesse like tackling the meat and potatoes on that. We haven't done that in a while. Um, the last time we did was the um, In Your House, The Taker one with uh, the New Japan show that we both shit on. Completely. Yep. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that a lot for sure. Um, two weeks from now, we have the return of the Baker's Dozen. We still have a – it's a, the mystery flavor dum-dum. You know, you know what I mean? Like the, the the white wrapper. So I want you to picture that in your head. That's the Baker's Dozen. It's coming up in two weeks. Um, it's Airhead going to be white awesome. mystery. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a white mystery. Um, it's going to be awesome. And then three weeks from now, we're doing King of the Ring from 2002, and that's going to be going up against Impact Slammiversary. we got to cover their biggest show of the year. I'm excited about it. It's been a while since we've covered um, um, Impact on this show, and that one's going to be me and Wex. So I get to have um, my cake and eat it too. We're going to have a, a little me and Jesse action, a little Jesse um, running the show. And then me and Wex are going to wrap up the, um, one of the last actually. Yeah. It'll be the last uh, show in June. Um, King of the ring. Oh, two versus slam anniversary 2022, man. We got a lot of cool shit coming on Jesse. Like how you feeling about doing the, the show next week? Uh, me and you like going back to the old days. I absolutely love the, I mean, obviously we're talking 97 can't go wrong. Every little bit of it is just a lot of fun to cover. And I'm really excited to watch Hell in a Cell this weekend. I got to be honest. I really am. The uh, I think that the paradigm is shifting back a little bit. We yeah. got let's let's put it this way. We got one McMahon and one Jarrett running shit in the house alongside a Pritchard and uh, I guess a Laurinaitis maybe a little bit and then nobody else. So yeah. WWE is a crazy fucking landscape right now. I love it though. I also, the rumor mill running is that they circulated a bunch of money in the bank trucks with Cody Rhodes on them around the T-Mobile arena at AEW all weekend. It was oh, they one were. truck. I, I saw photos. It was they one definitely truck. were. Either way, one truck, truck three trucks. Who cares? I mean, it's fucking genius. But no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm also uh, – the Baker's Dozen thing is definitely sure to be a lot of fun. I'm also excited for you guys to cover Slammiversary. Slammiversary traditionally is when a lot of release contracts will come up. And you get to see when Impact starts to sign a bunch of other weird people. Usually there's a lot of debuts and a lot of cool shit. It's like their biggest show of the year. So be a good time. Yeah, man. Wex, how you feeling about it, man? You know, I'm definitely excited about Slammiversary being live from Nashville, Tennessee. I know Jesse's going. Maybe I can try to score myself a ticket and go see it live because that would be a lot more fun than, you know, watching it on the old Fight TV app. But Hell in a Cell, like I said, you know, Rollins. Cody Rose, that's going to be good no matter what. 
unless they do like a fucking fiend finish and maybe the fiend returns. You never know. We'll see what happens. I'm excited about it, man. We got a lot of cool things on the docket. You can always find the show at Kayfabe Comparisons on YouTube and on Facebook. You can find us at Kayfabe.com on Twitter and Instagram and the uh, the ever so popular at Kayfabe.com pod on the TikTok. That is where we are honestly the most active. Um, either Instagram or TikTok, that's the best place to really find us. Um, we try to do a little bit longer videos on YouTube if you do enjoy the voices that you hear. Um, and my voice is that of Daniel Daybreak. You can always find me on any social media at Daniel Daybreak. I am Mr. Know-It-All Daniel Ron Schaefer. Um, yeah, Wex, where can people find you, man? As y'all know, you can always once again find your boy Wex Breaking the Lawson at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all of your social medias. Holler at your boy and get on that TikTok, KFMCom pod. Holler at us. And uh, the patron saint of the Rock Block himself. Uh, where can folks find you, man? Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram. Regular Jesse Baker on Facebook. Normally at Hurry Back or Exit In. And maybe soon someplace else. Mmm. <laughs> ah, foreshadowing, you guys. Foreshadowing. I like it. Storytelling. Maybe AW should take some notes. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs>